What is going on, crypto family? So today, we've got kind of a different interview of sorts. This is uh, something that's pretty big in the community. You might have heard of Ross Ulbricht. Well, this is Lynn, his mom. And uh, she basically explains, you know, how Ross created Silk Road, has been serving two life sentences in a maximum security prison, and how she and the community have been doing everything they can to get him out of jail. You know, it's incredible what uh, what this mom has been doing for her son and how the blockchain community has really been supporting them. I mean, check out the video. And if you're moved to help, you know, you can sign the petition to free Ross. It's gonna be in the description so that we can kind of click that link. Also, if you wanna donate, you can click that link as well. Just a friendly reminder, Crypto Beetle shows are never financial advice, recommendations, or trading strategies. The views expressed here are solely that of Robert Beatles and his guests. Robert Beatles is the co-founder of the Monarch Wallet, host of Trading View Sessions, Crypto Beatles on YouTube, and on several entities. Robert's opinions here do not reflect that of those entities. Some information shared here may not actually be factual. These shows are for information and entertainment purposes only. Never invest a single Satoshi or penny in anything without first seeking the counsel and advice of a professional financial advisor. Robert Beatles is not a financial expert or advisor. Investing in anything is super dangerous. You can lose all of your money, so always trade at your own risk. And one last thing before we get into this, please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the family. All right, so now that that's out of the way, let's get into this. What is going on, crypto family? So today we got Ross's mom with us. We got Lynn. Thanks a bunch for taking the time for us. I really appreciate you. I know Happy you're to be here. Awesome. Yeah, I don't think you're speaking here today, but it seems like you're at all the conferences. You know, speaking. You know, telling Ross's story, your story. You know, it's it's incredible. You know what what you're doing for your son. I don't know any moms that would you know really step up and rise the occasion like like you have. And for, for people that don't know, like, you know, what happened with Ross, maybe you can just give us kind of like the nutshell, sure. you know, scenario of what happened to Ross and, and where he's at now and, and kind of how he's doing, right? His overall, you know, just, you know state of mind and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, the overall picture really is that um, Ross is in his 20s, you know, early and mid 20s, uh, became very passionate about um, free markets, Austrian economics, and the non-aggression principle and wanted to really bring that to people's experience. He wanted people to have an experience with that. And actually, he created a video game that would maybe have people experience a true free market and almost got it published. That didn't happen. And he turned to the Internet and created a, a website marketplace called Silk Road, which, well, adhered to the non-aggression principle, which meant there was nothing allowed on there that created a victim or wasn't voluntary or that used force. So, for example, there was no child pornography allowed or anything related to pedophilia or anything like that. There was no stolen property. There were no violent services. Uh, Lots of things like that. And that's all um, absolutely substantiated in the government's own uh, exhibit and evidence. None of that was on Silk Road. And actually, administrators would go through and clean out that stuff uh, all the time. I've been told that by the actual administrators. However, other than that, people could choose to buy and sell what they wanted, as long as no third party was harmed. And a lot of people chose to sell drugs, almost overwhelmingly small user amounts of cannabis. Uh, Hard drugs were a minor part of it. Carnegie Mellon did a study on the site, and that's what they say. I, I was not on the site. It was up to the people what they wanted to do with their own bodies and and that was the philosophy. But there's lots of other stuff. There was, um, you know, electronics and books and art and, 
you know, lots of different things were sold on the site. There was a book club. There was, uh, there was a lot of things. It was almost like a community. Like a marketplace. It was a marketplace and a, mm-hmm. and a community. And it was all based on a lot of the things we're talking about here. Free trade, all yep. that kind of stuff, yeah. So that he did that, and um, as a result of that, um, once the government... Oh, and the other big important component was that the only means of exchange was Bitcoin. And Bitcoin was not known then. Sure. It was very obscure. And actually, the truth is, is that I've been told many times, is that uh, Silk Road and Ross put Bitcoin on the map. That a lot of the people who, you know, love Bitcoin and have made a fortune on it is a result of Ross's vision... You know, he saw the potential for monetary freedom. It was all, Ross is all about freedom. So the free market and monetary freedom and just people having the control over their own lives in a private way. And um, for this terrible offense, which look, I, there's bad things on Silk Road. I'm not trying to um, say there weren't, uh, you know, things I certainly wouldn't recommend. For having a website and a free marketplace and using Bitcoin, uh, Ross got a double life plus 40 year sentence without parole. The biggest drug seller on Silk Road got 10 years. They had the same offense level. El Chapo, two days ago, got a lighter sentence than Ross. <laughs> so first There's time something offender. very wrong here. Yeah, first-time offender, no violence at all. So Young pretty... guy. He was 26 when um, he uh, made the site. 2013, right? Well, he was arrested well, in 2013. is when he was arrested. Yes, yeah, October six. 1st, 2013. Yeah, so that's pretty I mean, incredible, right? I mean, so he creates this decentralized marketplace of sorts where people use Bitcoin to buy goods and services. You think maybe the government felt threatened because they weren't using the dollar, they're using Bitcoin, they're using something outside of typical commerce, and they're like, we're going to make an example out of this guy? I do. And I became convinced of that, first of all, when I saw the sentences of the other Silk Road defendants who were drug sellers, dealers, whatever, they uh, they, um, got 10 years and less. Everyone involved in the Silk Road case, except Ross, got 10 years and less. And in fact, the guy running Silk Road 2.0, which was bigger and it was totally identical in every way, according to the government, uh, got two years back taxes. That's all he's facing. There's a little discrepancy here. But Chuck Schumer came out and said, you know, we need to take down Bitcoin and we need to take down Silk Road. And then four months before the takedown of Silk Road, the NSA came out in Snowden documents about a little over a year ago, was urgently tracking Bitcoin users. Very concerned about Bitcoin users. The NSA is supposed to be tracking terrorists. And actually, terrorists have gotten lighter sentences than Ross. I do think that that was very concerning to them. I think it probably still is. But, you know, it's kind of difficult to uh, completely suppress at this point. I hear you. So he's been in jail for six years. I mean, how's he holding up? It's, it's about to be six years in October. Yeah. Um, Ross is a very strong guy. He um, he's he maintains an intentionally good attitude. And this is no like white collar, you know, prison. No. This is like maximum max. security. Right. Even yeah. though his security score for as far as how dangerous he is would put him in a camp because he has a life sentence that automatically put him in this place with the last place he was in, not the one now, thankfully, is one of the most dangerous prisons in the United States. It, it's the step down from the supermax with violent gangs, uh, very, you know, a lot of dangerous guys in there. A lot of violence, beatings, stabbings, uh, murders happened in there. And um, Ross is completely peaceful. He's, you know, he's very laid back. He's does not need to be. And even the, the prison staff said, you know, what are you doing in here kind of thing. But he's has been transferred to a place that at least is not violent. It's still a maximum, but it's not violent. 
So is he holding up pretty well? I mean, mentally and, you know, he's still, what, what can people do to, you know, help and support? And, well, thanks. Um, yeah, he is holding up well mentally. He's very strong mentally. I've, I've committed to living where he is and I've moved now three times to do that because I just think it's so important for him to have a lifeline. And he's told me it's made all the difference to have people from the outside. And not, I'm not the only one, but I'm there consistently to be there for him. So many of these guys, and women in women's prisons have no one for right. years, decades. It's just so sad. And, um, but he does, and I, that's helped. And, and he's also very intentionally positive. He wrote an, an essay called The Five Keys to Inner Strength I Learned in Five Years in Prison that Bitcoin Magazine published. It's really quite inspiring. And um, he adopts these ways to stay strong and healthy mentally and emotionally because it's very, very challenging. As far as helping, you know, we're still very determined to, to get Ross out of prison. He does not belong there. He needs to be out here with all of you, you know, and, and innovating and, and, you know, all these exciting things that are happening. He could really contribute and, of course, just have him home. But it's very expensive. Um, we, right now, I think we have five lawyers. Maybe it's more. I don't know if it's like changes. It's, they're very expensive so any, anyone who could help us financially, you can go to freeross.org, donate, and all kinds of crypto there as well as fiat. And if you've made money off of Bitcoin, you might consider helping out the guy that made that possible. And um, also sign the petition. We have a petition that um, is for Ross's clemency. Uh, that's one of his chances is the president could commute Ross's sentence. And um, so please go to freeross.org. There's a place to click on the petition uh, or freeross.org slash petition. It's a change.org online petition. And my goal is half a million. Um, we're approaching 200,000. It's impressive. So 200,000 people have signed up to... Not quite, to, but yeah. Almost mm -hmm. to, to free Ross. And so this petition, would what would it do if, if you get a half well, million signatures? It doesn't automatically do anything, but it's really a good PR tool. It already has been to say, hey, this many people care about this. This is something that's... It's got... There's, this is a movement. This is a movement here. And the other thing that people can really help is um, if you have any political connections or people or know somebody who might have political connections and that I need to convince people in power in terms of, you know, Washington, D.C. and the White House and essentially the president um, that this is worthy of his attention and that this was the sentence is terrible. It sets a terrible precedent and Ross's sentence should be commuted and he, you know, and he gets a lot to contribute. So please sign the petition. Please help me with connections. Please help spread the word. There's been a really, um, the narrative around Ross has been smeared with murder for hire charges that were dropped, that were never brought to trial. He was never charged with it. And now they've been completely dropped. But it lingers because of the media. And um, believe me, he's, he could, he's the most peaceful guy. I mean, he would, wouldn't hurt a flea. It's, that's really been tough. So help change the narrative. And... You know, what he is, he's not a kingpin thug like the government tried to portray him. He's an innovative visionary who is totally believes in freedom and is very compassionate. And he, he needs to be out of prison. Well, it's incredible what you're doing for your son. I mean, what did you do before this? I mean, you personally, I mean, you just kind of stepped up and filled these huge shoes and going out there 
you know, running press tours of sorts, speaking at conferences, trying to drive awareness. What, what did you personally do, you know, as, you know, I guess workers, you know, for a living before this? Were you a public speaker before this? No, or? but I've always uh, had kind of a big mouth, so that helps. Because <laughs> <laughs> I finally put it to good use. Um, but I have had a journalism background and writing background. And I was a freelance writer for a long time. And then my husband and I have a business that we still have that's um, also, but that was more customer relations on my part. And... Um, yeah, so you know what? You step into it. And the more I've learned, of course, now it's become a bigger cause for me because there's so many people. Roz is not unique. Our criminal justice system is a disgrace. It's really a disgrace. And there's peaceful people being put in cages to the tune of billions of dollars that it is just, it's just not American. It's wrong. And it wasn't like this before the drug war and all of this tough on crime business that's it's really over the top and terrible. But it's incredible what you're doing for your son and what kind of you know community support have you seen? Have you seen, well, I mean, obviously with 190,000 signatures, that's pretty substantial, but the community as a whole, have they kind of taken you in? Are they, you know, trying to support and help, you know, help your cause? Is it mostly, yeah, uh, you know, good, good will towards you? Tons of it. I mean, I wish Ross could, I tell Ross, hey, I go, go to some of these things, I get, just get love bombed, you know, they're so great. I mean, last night, that party was just a perfect example of so many wonderful people who give us so much love and, and support and caring. And um, I just wish Ross could get the direct, I tell him that, you know, that he could get that um, directly. And I, and I intend that he shall, that we'll have a, a party for him when he gets out and it'll be, you know, great. But um, absolutely, I have lots of people who over several years even, I can call on them. They just step up and help me with what I need. Uh, they, you know, just have made some wonderful friends and it's a silver lining to this whole thing is how many great people uh, I have met and again I, I just look forward to the day when Ross can get to know them as well. It's incredible what you're doing and you know we'll make sure to put all the links out for people so that way they can Thank sign the petition and, and help with donations so you know I really appreciate you taking the time for us Lynn and, and telling telling the audience your story as well as Ross's. Thank so, you for having me. Anytime. Really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much. Yeah. All right God bless. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Wow, what an incredible story. You know, if you're moved to help, you know, go ahead and sign the petition. The link's below. You, know, you can feel free to donate if you want. And, uh, you know, just kind of help spread the word. I mean, it's pretty crazy that this kid made a website and got two life sentences in a maximum security prison. This guy's been serving, you know, for the past six years alongside, like, murderers and rapists who get out before he does. To me, this is just plain nutty. But if you're moved to help, you know, check out the links below. Feel free to spread the news. Just a friendly reminder, Crypto Beatles shows are never financial advice, recommendations, or trading strategies. The views expressed here are solely that of Robert Beatles and his guests. Robert Beatles is the co-founder of the Monarch Wallet, host of TradingView Sessions, Crypto Beatles on YouTube, and on several entities. Robert's opinions here do not reflect that of those entities. Some information shared here may not actually be factual. These shows are for information and entertainment purposes only. Never invest a single Satoshi or penny in anything without first seeking the counsel and advice of a professional financial advisor. Robert Beatles is not a financial expert or advisor. Investing in anything is super dangerous. You can lose all of your money, so always trade at your own risk. Please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the family. God bless you. Love you. Till the next one, talk to you soon.